respond to the word. Say, respond to the word. Praise the Lord. Now, for those who have been around for some time, we have learned that faith is the response of the human spirit to the word of God. In other words, when God speaks, there must be a response. If you do not learn to respond to God's word, his word remains, quote-unquote, idle. In other words, it does not benefit you. God's word is meant to benefit us. The, the word of God has glory. And in our year of glorious emergence, 2021, God wants to put the glory of the word on our lives. Like we learned some few weeks ago that the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory. There is glory on the word that God wants to put on our lives so that when men behold us, they will see that there is something special about you. There is something unique about you. It is the glory of the word. In our year of glorious emergence, we must learn to respond to the word. And maybe to begin with, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 the verse 20 says, for all the promises of God in him are yes. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. For all the promises of God in him, that is in Christ, are yes. And in him, amen, to the glory of God, the New King James says, through us. The King James says, by us. For all the promises of God, let me quote the King James, it says, in him are yea, and in him amen to the glory of God by us. Please, I want you to take note of what he's telling you and me here. All the promises of God, there must be a response, and the response is what? Yes and amen. Somebody say yes and amen. If God gives a promise and you do not learn the appropriate response, it doesn't benefit you. And what many of us have done with the word of God is that we know the promises, but we don't know how to respond to the promise. We know the promises, but we do not know how to appropriate it. But in this year, just like the other time I was illustrating and said that when you see, and I even gave this illustration, this is mustard seed, small particle, and yet if it is appropriately worked on, it can give you oil. This little seed can give you oil. In the same way, there is something in the word of God that does not come just on the surface. It comes when you learn to respond to the word. The word says something and then there is a way to respond to it. There is a way to act on it. In fact, one of the definitions of faith we have also found is faith is taking God by his word and acting on it. God says something, you take him by his word and you say, I'm going to act on it. I'm saying yes to this word and you'll be amazed. Then it's when you discover that it is not our effort, but it is God who works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. 
And I pray that as we learn how to respond to his word, we will be doers of that word and not only hearers in the name of Jesus Christ. All the promises, take note of the word all, not some, all. So whenever you see a promise, find out how do I respond to this promise? How do I, don't mind whether somebody has access to the same word or not. It is you who have found it. Whether somebody is living by that same word or not, it doesn't concern you. You have found a revelation. This is a promise. And you say, I'm taking God by his word. I'm acting on this word. And I will see his fruit manifest in my life. Okay, let me give some examples. I'll give some examples. Maybe one example. Then we, I can now give an assignment. As in, bring some two other verses. Then you will choose how you will respond to it. Hebrews chapter 13, okay. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. The New King James says, Let your conduct be without covetousness, be content. With such things as you have. For he himself has said. Please take note. God himself has said. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Full stop. Unquote. Okay. That is a promise. Am I right? And if you just leave it at verse 5 then it, be, it remains a promise without any blessing from it. And I'm telling you, many of us have read the word of God with that kind of attitude. We read and see, we discover the promise, and then we leave it there like that. But God talks to us, so we will say yes to the promise. For all the promises of God in him are yes. And in him, in fact, when he says in him are yes, he meant to say, for you to benefit from that promise, there must be a yes to the promise. And there must be an amen to the promise. That is amen. You take him by his word and you act on it. There is a response. And we're going to find that response. A typical example in the verses of Hebrews chapter 13. Let me read the verse. Hebrews 13 verse 5. I mean, verse 6 is the response. But the verse 5 says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with set things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. For the promise. Look at verse 6. So we may boldly say, that's the response. So, based on the promise, so we may boldly say, meaning that in responding to the word of God, there is a place for saying and there's a place for doing. I will give an example of the doing, okay? There's a place where no matter what you say, until you do, there is no benefit. For instance, a typical example is when he says we should bring all the tithe into my storehouse or, you know, give cheerfully. There's no way you will talk about giving without benefiting until you do it. Are you getting my point? All right. So, he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. 
what can man do to me? The King James says, the Lord is my helper and I, and, I, and I will not fear what man can do to me. That's the way the King James puts it. But whichever way, there is a response here. I don't know what promise you are holding on to as far as your relationship with God is concerned. But I'm going to bring some two other verses and all of us, will, including those who are watching live on Facebook and all of us here, will learn from these promises and learn the appropriate response. The first example I want to give is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. So we have discovered that the promise is there, but there was a response in the verses of Hebrews chapter 13. So let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. If you hear a promise like 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, where it says, He who calls you, the King James says, Faithful is he who calleth you. It's a present continuous tense here. It's not just he called. He's still calling. Hallelujah. He who calls you is faithful who also will do it. Wow. I don't know whether you caught the revelation here. The one who has called you is faithful. He didn't stop there. He said, who also? He added, he didn't say who will do it. Who also will do it? Meaning that and here, the calling is not just a reference to call into ministry alone. All of us, if you're a child of God, have been called from darkness into his marvelous light. That's the greatest calling, translated from darkness into his marvelous light. That's who we are. So, as somebody in light, it means that you are a leader over those who are in darkness. And he's saying that the one who calls you, he will also do it. So whatever you do in your calling, I'm just making the basic reference, call from darkness into light. But there are different callings, called into ministry, called to do this, called to do that, different callings. That's why he used the present continuous tense. He who calls you is faithful. He still calls. When he calls you and you are faithful, then he gives another calling. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Meaning that whenever something is done by you, know that you didn't do it by yourself. The one who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. No wonder Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. For his good pleasure. So, for our lives to please God, for our lives to reflect the glory of God, child of God, we have not done anything to receive applause from even God, nor from men. In other words, just like we quoted 2 Corinthians 1.20, he says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God. Once you give response to the word, know that the one who is actually doing it is God. So the glory then belongs to him. Though you responded, at the end of the day, the results should make you give glory to God. 
He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. So when something is done, all the glory must be given to the Lord. Hallelujah. Because he is faithful. What will be your response? I'm asking the question now. When you meet such a promise, Pastor Shabo, he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. If you miss such a promise, what will be your response? You meditate and find out what will be my response. The one who calls me is faithful, who also will do it. What do you think should be your response, your attitude? Mr. Jima wants to talk. Will you want to give him a microphone? He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. He who calls you is faithful and also do it. Yes. And the response will be Amen. The response will be Amen. Yeah. I want, uh, that's why I gave an example in Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. That said that let your life or your conduct be without covetousness and be contained with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise, okay? Then based on the promise, the writer, Apostle Paul, writing in verse 6, says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord, based on the fact that he says, he will never leave me. He will not forsake me. So I can boldly say that he is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. I will not fear what man can do to me. Whichever way you look at it, whether the New King James or the King James, I will not fear. Why? Because he says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So I walk with the confidence that the Lord is with me, and based on the truth of his promise that he is with me, then I am not alone. So that promise gave me a certain response. I could have used, or I can also use a different phrase, different from what Apostle Paul wrote in verse 6. I can say that since he will not leave me, nor forsake me, then I'm not alone. I'm not alone. If he is with me, then I'm more than a conqueror. Are you seeing my perspective? That's my response. But he gave a revelation which we can learn from. So we may boldly say, in other words, when you are saying it, say it with some boldness and confidence that you are not alone. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do to me. That's a response. Now, he tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, Faithful is he who calls you who also would do it. Let's give an example, called to do a particular assignment. Not necessarily called to preach or called to be a prophet or apostle or evangelist or pastor or teacher, but called. I'm going to give another example actually in the Old Testament, okay? Then we can, we can still learn from that. But called to do any assignment as a child of God, okay? For instance, as a ministry, even though we say mission, it's a collective mission to help this generation walk with God and prepare a people ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just That is even mind-blowing. Think about it. When you are thinking of me to help, in the first place, how can you even help without the help of the helper, the Holy Spirit? So if you think about a mission like called to help this generation walk with God and prepare a people ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus. In the first place, you must be ready. You must walk with God. 
And even if you don't do it, know that this God will still make a people ready for his coming. Am I communicating? Because he says, faithful is he who calleth you. Faithful, he who calls you is faithful who also will do it. It is just like Jesus saying that if you refuse to praise me, he said what? My father can raise what? Stones to just praise. So it's not about what we do. In other words, if we find ourselves being used by God to do something, it is only a privilege. It's only an honor he has conferred on you and me for us to do something for him so that at the end of the day, we can give the glory to him. Because even if we don't do it, he will still do it. He who calls you is faithful. I believe one of the responses, Mr. Jima, is that if that's the case, at least I know from scripture, you see scripture answers scripture. I know from scripture that how can two work together except they agree. So based on this, then it means I must be faithful because it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. So the immediate response is that, see, if I choose not to do it, the one who calls me, he will still do it. He can do it through stones. He can do it through an ant. He can do it through anything. Then I better be faithful because the one who calls me is faithful. And we can't work together except we agree. We must be on the same pedestal. We must be on the same plane. He is faithful and faithful. It's like yoking two people together. And in fact, the Bible calls us yoke fellows. We are, we are, we are, we are co-laborers. That's how the Bible puts it. Co-laborers with God. Please just think about it. You, a co-laborer with God. Hey, it's too big. Co. When we say co, it means that I am a partner. We are in partnership. And he says that in this partnership, even if you don't do it, the one who calls you to be a co-laborer, he will still do it. So then I better, my response should be, then I better be faithful. In fact, I better be careful. I better. It's a beautiful invitation to be called to do anything by God. It's a beautiful invitation. With the understanding that if I don't do it, it will still be done. In fact, when God says that he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it, if God says he will do it, you know it's already done. Because he calls the things that be not as though they were. So when God says he will do it, he, he sees the end from the beginning. So as far as he's concerned, that thing is already done. So if you found yourself in the picture, it was only a privilege for you to come and share in his glory. But if you are not there, it will still be done. Respond to the word. This year, we must, we must aspire to give off our best, not to man, but to God and to his cause, because with this picture we are looking at in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, it means that whatever he has asked us to do, whatever we've been called to do, consider it done already. Consider it done already. He has seen the end, and then based on what he has seen, he now calls you to come. Let's do it together. But if you say, oh, as for me, mm, ah, it will still be done. Because he's faithful. And I better be faithful. He is committed to what he said it is, I mean, going to be done, which we know is done. Then I better be committed. Okay, let me give another example, then we can run up our message. 
Another example is in the Old Testament, Exodus. A very familiar, two familiar verses of scripture, Exodus 23. When they moved from Egypt, okay, our calling, I brought this example because this scripture is actually a picture of our calling from Egypt into the promised land. When I say Egypt, I'm talking about the world. Egypt is symbolic of the world, okay? When you read scripture, most often, like that scripture that says that uh, uh, the Egyptians you see today, you shall see them, the King James says, you shall see them again, no more forever. It's a, it's, it sounds tautology, but that's very poetic also. The Egyptians you see today, if you, if you, if you are sent as a missionary to the nation Egypt, and then you will now go and quote this scripture. You can imagine how they will stone you. The Egyptians you see today, you shall see them again no more forever. That day they will fire you. But it is symbolic of the world. That is, you know, yeah. So we have been called from the world into Christ. We have been called from darkness into light. And when he called them from Egypt, spiritually, it's like a calling from the world. And on their journey, he gave them one condition, that one condition came with many blessings. And we're going to learn how to respond to this word also. So just see yourself in this picture. Though it's in the Old Testament, it was actually a picture of our calling also. We've been called from Egypt, in quote, called from the world into Christ. Now you are in Christ. He gives one condition whilst in Christ. What is, what is he expecting you to do? Exodus 23. Verses 25 and 26. Beautiful verses of scripture. Look at the King James. I'm reading the King James. He says, so you, in other words, after you are being called and you are lying in Christ, so, I like the word that is used in the New King James. So, based on your calling, you are, you are on your way. Okay, here they were exiting. The Exodus is a compilation of the story of their exit from, you know, but they had moved out at this juncture, just like we have moved out from the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are in Christ Jesus. Okay? We are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. So, you, just a simple instruction, shall serve the Lord. Period. That's, that's God's word. And he says, respond to the word. What do you do? You serve him. Assuming God didn't even add any promise or any blessing. Somebody who has called you from darkness into light. From bondage. You know the picture of the, the Israelites in bondage in Egypt. That's how we were in bondage in the world. Bible says we were dead in trespasses and sins. Without hope, without God. Without any promise, we were hopeless. And we were destined for the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. There was no hope. Then he calls us by a mighty hand. And he pulls us out of that hold of darkness into his light. Then he gave only one instruction, which is a condition for his blessing. He says, so you are out. You shall serve the Lord. I wish the Lord ended there. And we'll see whether we will faithfully serve him or we would look at the benefit before we serve him. But you see, God is so faithful that 
if we do his word, if we respond to his word, look at what he said he will do. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. Then he now said, and I, now he's talking as a person here. Initially, Moses was quoting God. Then all of a sudden, God himself now came in the picture. So it's not Moses talking here now. God himself said that, Moses, stop. He shall serve. He shall bless your bread and bless your water. Then he said, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Hmm. What is the condition? Serve the Lord your God. 26 says, no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. He's not ended all. I will fulfill the number of your days. Somebody say, Amen. This God is too much. And I like Romans 3, 4. He says, let God be true, but every man a liar. If he said it, he would do it. Thank you. He will do it. He who calls you is faithful. Who also? I like the word he put there, also. Because it would have meant differently if he said, who would do it? But he said, who also would do it? In other words, in addition to the calling, he also does it's like me and I'm here, my dear. But if you came into the picture, it's just because it's a privilege for you to be in the picture. So that all the glory will be given to him. For all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God by us. So when you say yes to the promise, when you say amen to the promise, it brings glory. But the glory belongs to God, not to you. You see what we do. Many times we take the credit after God has used us. But we have forgotten that if we were not even there, it would, start, it would still have been done. Because when God said that he would do it, it was already done. So you came into the picture because there must be an instrument for that purpose. There must be a vessel through whom he will work his work. But if you are not there, it will still be done. I pray this year, 2021, we will take God by his word and act on it. Because he is too faithful to fail you and me. Too faithful. That's a chief. Now, you will also do it. Praise the Lord. How will you say it in ever? How will you say what I just said in ever? In ever. Mm. <laughs> Mrs. Owani, you were saying it. Eh? Can, can you say it in um, this is a reported speech. I've said something. We are doing translation. They are ever speaking. People watching on Facebook now. Give us the ever communication. Maybe the gun also. And if there's any other language. Mr. Mr. Birch, I'm sure you can give us one in your local dialect. You don't. <laughs> yes. So let's listen to Mrs. Owani. Come again. He who calls you is faithful. Who also, I want that emphasis, also would do it. Like in three, he says, On the in Yes, please. She's looking for a lawyer. 
I wish I could say the way you said it. Please say it again because I want you to go on record. People are, I think you are recording, right? Yes. Say it again. Wow. Jesus Christ. This God, this God is too big. Eh? Please think about it. Just imagine yourself being a co-laborer with God. I think that, that should make you know that you will never lack in this life. Don't you think so? Because you are in partnership with God. Who can partner with God and lose? Never. Then he has called you to be a part of what he is doing. And when he says he will do it, it's already done. But he says, come and let's do it together. Please, how will you say it in God? Antipath. Sorry? How, he who calls you is faithful who also will do it. Hey, you are speaking a crappy more. Say it again. And look up for Dinomo. In your non, Lenon, Lenon. There's a song like that. Si Lenon, eh, Si Lenon, eh, Si Lenon, eh, I like that phrase. Lenon, Lenon, on one not you, not me. He will do it. Please consider God's work done. Because he, when he, when he, when God says that this chair is red, by virtue of his pronouncement, even though it's blue, you and I can see it. When he says it's red, it has become red. So when he says he would do it, it's a, it's, he has put a limitation even on himself. He's telling you that it is already done. It's just because you can't see it. That's why he's communicating to us in a language we can understand. But it is already done. It is already done. So it's a privilege for you and me to come out of darkness. And we have found ourselves in a marvelous light. And we are now partners with God in this assignment. In his calling. In his service. Service to the Lord. You shall serve the Lord your God. I wish God stopped there. So that it will be a test to see whether you, because in the first place, we even forget that we were in Egypt. We were in bondage. We were in darkness. It was while we were still sinners, according to Romans 5, 8, that his son died for us. Isn't that enough for us to say that if he died for me, then what should be my response? I'm going to live for him. I've been saying this in this house. Don't die for anybody. If somebody broke your heart, don't go and say that if that's the case, then I'm going to hang myself so that I will show him perfect. Ah, it's too cheap a death to die. Because somebody already paid the ultimate price by dying for you. Then the response will be, I'm going to live for him. In fact, it's in scripture. It's in scripture. He says that henceforth, the one that, I wish I could quote that scripture about him, but it's in scripture. One day I was reading the scriptures, epistles, then I saw it, I said, ah, this is what I've been saying all the time. Praise the Lord. 
He who calls you is faithful. Who also will do it? You shall serve the Lord your God. If there is anything we should give ourselves to, I'm not saying that only when we come to church. Service to the Lord is in various ways. And there are people who serve the Lord nobody even knows. A, a typical example is Anna the prophetess. The Bible says after she got married and she became a, a widow, for, I mean, after 14 years of marriage, she became a widow. Then the rest of her life, she dedicated it to the services of the Lord in the temple. She didn't go out nor come in. The Bible says that she served the Lord with fasting and prayers night and day. And at the time, she was 84. She married when she was a, a, a young girl. 14 years after marriage, her husband died. And the rest of her life is, I'm going to serve the Lord. What was the service? Fasting and prayer. And nobody was seeing it. But I'm sure when we arrive in heaven, you'll be amazed. The throne that is reserved for Anna, the prophetess. Hallelujah. So when we say service to the Lord, it's not the one that you do so that men will applaud you. If men applaud you, probably that will be your reward. So we are talking about having the recognition, being cognizant of the fact that somebody has paid the ultimate price. This God, what can I do with my life for him? I will serve the Lord. So any ability that he has put in you, you make it available. You make yourself available. You, you put it to, at the disposal of the services of the Lord. But remember, if you don't do it, so if you don't do it, it's only a disadvantage to you. That's what God is telling you and me today. If we don't do it, it will still be done. And in fact, it is done. So somebody who, like a woman like Catherine Kuhlman, Catherine Kuhlman was a great woman of God in the 20th century, used by God mightily. Do you know one of her phrases she kept using in her ministration was that this calling she's doing was actually meant for a man, not for a woman. She kept saying that. She knew that in her vessel, this is a big assignment for a muscular, uh, a masculine person, not a feminine person. But probably that person was not available. So God just put it on in a vessel, and she was just found. In other words, you'll be amazed that the thing that God says you should do, if you don't do it, ah, it's even in the Bible. He said, he called them for a party, and then they refused. What did he say you're going to do? Go and look for the outcasts, those who are in the streets. No, just bring them in. God can use anything. I pray for you, and I pray for myself as well, that in our year of glorious emergence, we will find the need to respond to the word of god appropriately and that is why you must give yourself to the word hear the word being read i'm not just talking about preaching but the scriptures itself read and read it for yourself and when you find an appropriate promise that pertains to your life and your work with god say yes to that promise say amen to that promise in jesus name somebody say amen